Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. All right. uh, Welcome to uh, another episode of Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. And uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro. And I am here with an artist uh, and a writer, uh, a comic book creator. And I am very excited to talk to Brendan Albetsky tonight. Uh, Brendan, thank you so much for uh, joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Jimmy. I'm really excited to be here. Big, big comic book Yeti fan, as uh, you know, people at home can see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, if you, uh, for the for the for podcast listeners, uh, Brendan is wearing one of his comic book Yeti T-shirts, um, which uh, we we do sell. If anybody yeah. wants to get their comic book Yeti merch, I have um, I have a couple of them actually. I I really like the one of our we did a a, a collab with um root. I think it's rootless coffee and. Uh, I think it was Jack Foster that did like the design for it. And we have that design on a t-shirt, which I, which I really love. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a pretty cool, cool one. Yeah. Um, but in any event, back to you, uh, our guest today. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm super excited to talk to you. I, I think you first reached out to me after I, I, I had put a message on Twitter. Like I was mm-hmm. looking to, to book some guests and talk to some more folks. You were kind enough to reach out. And um, I was able to read, I think, all the the issues of uh, Moru Kiru Destroy the Moon that were is uh, on Global Comics. Yep, um, which is a, kind of a, a an amazingly colored. The colors is the first thing that just like slaps you like in your face. Yeah, um, a lot of people are really excited about the colors. It's definitely the number one comment that I get. <laughs> I, I just love it, uh, but kind of like a high fantasy. Uh, concept um mm-hmm. maru kiru is you know a, a, basically it's all in the title uh yeah. she's a warrior and she's out to destroy the moon um yeah it's fa- fantastic um so i, I kind of want to get started with right there and dive like right in especially for listeners who sure. maybe you know might not be familiar with it um how long have you been working on this and kind of what is your you know concept of what it is you wanted to do with Maru Kiru destroy the world because when you or destroy the moon because when you get into it there is like a ton of great world building like sewn in it already like mm-hmm. you're kind of deep into this like mythos of the world you've created and it's uh, but it's it's easy to jump right in it it's perfectly understandable it feels like it has some foot some footholds in some other popular things but sure. it so, totally stands out on its own so um yeah tell me I want to know all about it yeah, so I started this in, you know, early in 2020, um, really started actually late 2019. Um, some of the concepting of the world, the characters were, were all different at, at that point, And the, the whole concept of the moon hadn't even been brought into it. But I've been kicking around the idea for this, this world called Tolf um, for ages. And so this was the first time that I really dove into it and actually set a comic there. And, and it was it started out as being my my campaign world for for um tabletop fantasy games okay um, never really actually ran a whole lot of games in it unfortunately um maybe someday but um when i when i was wanting to work on a fantasy comic i said well i've already been i've been working on this world for years um and there's really no reason to reinvent the wheel there so i might as well just you know use the things that i've already been working on and i'm glad to hear you say that kind of you know it is easy to dive right in and a lot of the lore is kind of sewn throughout the comic it's not something that you need a whole lot of background on um, to appreciate. And I never really wanted to get bogged down in, uh, you know, in complex lore. 
Um, so there's stuff that's in there that's cool if you notice it, but if not, it's not going to affect your, your enjoying of the main thrust of the story. Um, you know, you talk about the title, Mario Kuro Destroy the Moon, which um, I think is a great title. And I should, I came up with it, but um, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. should like your title <laughs> when I was, no, when it I was it's a great when title. I was kicking this off though. Cause I was, I was having trouble coming up with the title. And at the time I was reading um, Hirohiko Araki's book. Uh, he's the mangaka behind uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Okay, and cool. he, you know, he had wrote this great book about, um, you know, just making manga and, and, and how he goes about doing things in his process. And he talks about titling. And one of the things that he says is like, you know, he, when he does titles, he does um, the main character's name and what they are doing in the course of the comic. So like Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, um, the other one being, um, you know, like uh, the Spake Rohan Kashibe. Um, you know, they, they're very evocative of who's, who the comic is about and what they're going to be doing. Um, and so I just boiled it down to that in, in, in Maru Kiro, Destroy the Moon. Um, and I call it a little bit more colloquially uh, the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is your daddy and what does he do rule. Uh, for naming comics, um, so, that's, see, that's that's, the, that's yeah. the kindergarten the kindergarten <laughs> the top rule. Yeah, the kindergarten <laughs> top rule. Who is your daddy, and what does he do? Um, and that's just kind of how the, my, my been my philosophy for making the whole comic is I want to make right. it um, you know really simple to get out there. I don't want to get bogged down in lots and lots and lots of dialogue. I'm very action oriented as an artist. I don't want to ever get bored um, as a creator making it. I feel like that's a real big red flag. And I see people talk about that sometimes about their comics, about how they're bored working on a certain part of their comic. And I say, well, that should key you into thinking that maybe people reading it are not going to be super enthralled by it either. Um, so I take that, I take that really seriously when I'm working mm -hmm. on something and I've had, um, you know, issues with this comic that I've concepted out almost completely and then thrown out um, because they just weren't all that interesting. And it's like that I really feel very strongly that like every moment should be the best moment. Um, and every issue that I do, I, that's what I set out to do is like, I want to make the best comic I've ever made. Um, and I, I feel like I've managed to keep doing it. Uh, and you know, maybe eventually I'm going to drop the ball, but um, so far so good as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I'm just always really excited to, to get the next thing out. I got another one coming out on you know, the 11th of August. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah, so it's it's been really a great experience, and it got me through the pandemic. Um, I don't know what I would have done without it, right? And uh, you know, it's just it's it's been great to see it kind of take off in its own little world, and and I, I love all the people who have read it, and anybody who's ever left a comment or or anything, even if you haven't left a comment, if you bought a book, if you've read it on Global Comics, just it's it's amazing to have people out there reading it. So yeah, uh, and yeah, I mean, in terms of. Um like the exposition, I mm. think uh, like the first page kind of quickly like has like a bit of a, a scroll that kind of sets up yeah. the world. And then after that, I mean, you do. I feel like you're just like right in it. And it is very, very like action oriented um, and just some some fantastic action scenes, some fantastic fight scenes, some fantastic like monsters and other like creatures in it. It, it definitely was not bored at all like reading it. And also I think it's, you know, I don't know if it's a, a function of like how I read it in terms of reading digitally. I read a lot of digital comics, but, mm -hmm. um, uh, reading it on global comics. Um, but I think it's more so a function of like how I'm assuming you work because it's like a lot of the paneling is very interesting. It has a real great like flow to it. There's, it's not traditional, I would say in, in terms of, um, 
you know, a, a typical like superhero Western comic mm-hmm. in terms of how it's paneled or laid laid out. And um, yeah, I don't know if it's maybe like a manga influence, but yeah, I I just felt like it was very fun, always like captivating, a lot of different things and really flows like incredibly well. Thank you. Yeah, no, I really wanted to get weird with it, um, especially on the paneling. Uh, you know, there's def- there's definitely some, some manga influence there. Um, and there's also like, you know, infinite scroll comics are something that are really popular with people on Webtoon, et cetera. Sure. Um, I never really wanted to make one of those. I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of the format, honestly. Um, okay. Just because it, it, it's, and I, I've, I've taken some flack on this before because people think, they hear me say that and they, they make, they think I'm talking down to their comics. And, and that's not really the case. It's really more, I don't, I don't want to make my own comic like that. I've enjoyed reading a lot of vertical scroll comics. I think they're really cool. Um, and one of the things that I think is the coolest about it is the way they are paneled. Um, and there are some people out there who do some really, really creative stuff with their with their infinite scroll comics. Uh, and so I kind of want to bring that continuous energy, but to a more traditional page format. Mm-hmm. Um, because my my ultimate goal and destiny uh, has always been to get in print with this. So I wanted to put it on a you know a traditional page format and 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 have it be able to live on a traditional page. But I'm also just a really big fan of creative paneling and and kinetic energy and carrying energy through a page. So um yeah, definitely have taken inspiration from people who do vertical scroll and digital format um for for my 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 uh, my paneling and my layouts. Yeah, I mean that I thinking about it now after having read it yesterday. Um mm. I mean that makes total sense in terms of how it's it's laid out. Um just to highlight a couple of things for folks that might be listening who have read it or are going to get into it without, you know, I don't want to like spoil or anything or like really sure. go through the the plot of it. But I think the first, I'm not going to remember the number of the, the issue, but I think it's the first I'll, I'll one. I'll jump in and tell you. Yeah, please. <laughs> I think it's the first one where Maru Kiru uh, kind of go, like goes to hell, like falls through the hole. Um, she meets those two oh, or three yeah, other characters. Side story. Yeah. That is the yeah, that interlude one. chapter after chapter five. Okay. Um, yeah, and I'm, I, I, uh, the name of the two characters or three characters she meets escapes me, but yeah, there's, there's Gawol, who's the, uh, the leader of the, of the cannibals. Yeah. And then there his, his, his two manservants, um, sword swinger, who's the big guy with the sword and toolmaker, who's the little guy with the eye patch. (laughs) That, that was, if I had to like pick a favorite, that was mine. I Loved that 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 you said it was like the interlude story mm. um, between the chapters. I just thought that was so much fun, uh, so filled with action, funny. Mm. I just that was like it for me. I was like a hundred more of these, please. <laughs> you, know, you might get your wish. Um, that was that was supposed to. That was the first chapter of what was supposed to be a side series um, that was getting picked up for a fantasy anthology magazine. Oh that wow! Ended, that ended up evaporating. Oh. Um, so I was left. I was left holding the bag with the story. Um, but I thought it was a great story, and I said, "Well, I'll just throw it out on Global Comics, and, and maybe I'll continue it at some point." I'm finishing up chapter ten right now of the main okay. "Destroy the Moon" story. Yeah. And after that, I'm kind of on the fence because I have one more chapter that I got to do before I finish off the second volume. And I might continue that that interlude story. And this might push me over the edge on that, honestly. I just thought it was great. I just mm-hmm. thought the it it looked great. It yeah, I just I just really loved it. I mean, I love the action bits. And I just I thought it was funny. I just thought there was some like funny moments 
to it. It's um, definitely the funniest one of the. <laughs> yeah, of but I just thought it it kind of, you know, it it made sense. Um, it I just there were so many things about it that I just felt like wow, like if if you wanted to give someone a sense of like, oh, what is what is this like all about? Um, it it just felt like a great encapsulation, and I mean, I think the main issue doesn't have as like much you know, humor to it, but definitely no. fun. You know, yeah. it's definitely a fun series to kind of get into. Um, so I just, that, that was great. That was my favorite yeah, by far. I just love that. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, how did, in terms of like how you do this and especially we, you know, the, I said the colors were great. How mm -hmm. do you, like, how did you settle on like this, like color palette? Like everything's so bright, so vibrant, feels so, you know, alive, it feels familiar, but something like totally different. Like what, what, what got my, you into like your coloring with, with this in particular? My secret sauce is that I'm a hack fraud. Um, okay. as with most things, you know, um, <laughs> it, it is, I did for a long time. Um, I went for so my, my comic, my, my history of making comics is, is so all over the place and I've been doing right. it since. Well, was, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been, you know, but I've been doing it since I was 21. I just turned 34 last week. So I've been doing this for 13 years and um, I've been really bad at it for most of the time that I've, that I've been doing it. And Mark here is kind of the first time that I've kind of hit my stride and really started doing something good. Um, and so when I first started doing it, I wanted to do, I did like, I did newspaper comics for my college newspaper. Okay. And, um, so that was all in black and white. And after I graduated, I'm like, well, I'm going to be, I seen, I seen, you know, Penny Arcade to give an example or Chainsaw Suit, which is my personal favorite of like the OG web comics from back in the day. Um, I'm like, well, you know, how hard can that be? I can, I can, I can make my millions by, by putting up a web comic. So I tried to do like a gag day web comic, uh, much harder than it looks. Right. <laughs> they were very bad. Uh, <laughs> and, but I did those in color because I'm like, well, you know, I've got, I'm, I'm doing it all digital now. I got my $35 little drawing tablet that I've, <laughs> that I hook up to my, my computer. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. And I went just absolutely insane with, with the way I colored things, and it looked terrible. Um, you know, you get the big block color. I don't know if anybody's familiar with like Clip Studio, um, which is what I use. And you get like the big palette with like all the, the grid of squares and you get the full um, right. vivid color palette and everything. And getting you know, hundreds of colors. And I would use them between this and that and everywhere. Terrible. Um, so eventually I was just, you know, it looked like like barf. Um, it's just too much going on. And so I uh, stopped doing color altogether. And I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna, only going to do black and white now. Only going to do black and white. Um, and those, those were a little bit better for a while. Um, and I just got to the point where it's like, I couldn't express the way I wanted to express with, with my comics without color. So I started trying to do color again. Um, and I couldn't figure it out really. I finally got to the point where I was like, all right, I need to simplify what I'm doing here because I'm just pulling everything in from everywhere. And I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, so I'm going to try and, and, and boil this down in, in such a simple way. So I'm only going to use three colors from now on for the rest of time, three colors. Um, and so I picked three colors, which have actually changed since then. I still only use three colors, but I've changed which three colors I use. Um, but I picked a blue bluish tone that's like a really RGB saturated popping on the screen, um, but doesn't print very well. Uh, blue tone and um, kind of an orangey yellow and then a pure magenta. 
and like these are my three colors and I'll blend them here and there uh, to try to get different effects and I'll do you know black um black or grayscale shadows and and, and I'll do white highlights um, but I'm gonna I'm only gonna use these three colors uh, and I still do that to this day um, I use a, a pure CMYK palette now um, but it's still I still do the same principle and I'm you know I have 500 different layers I, I put one color on each layer and then I'll fade it to a certain percentage based on what I want the blending to be. Um, it might not be the most efficient way, but it's it's been very distinctive, and it, uh, I keep everything super saturated just because I like the way it looks. Right. Um, and I feel like nobody else does it that way. And I I have heard some criticism that that doesn't print as well. Um, I feel like I've got a book that kind of proves to the contrary. Uh, but um, you know, with with some of the RGB colors I was using before, they don't necessarily print as well. But with CMYK stuff, it, it comes out true to form. Um, and my publisher, Casting Publishing, has been really great in getting all this stuff, you know, accomplished and and, and out looking great. Right. Uh, and the print copy is awesome. So, um, you know, I I I'm a big fan of the really saturated colors, and you know, it, it can be a little bit difficult to control eye flow on the page when you when you color like that because you use saturation in a lot of cases to emphasize certain points over others. And I'll yeah. do that with lighting with highlights. Um, but for the most part, I control the page just by, um, you know, controlling the color palette. So right. my background is um, really stark magenta. I'll put, you know, green-ish. I'll combine my yellow and my blue and I'll make a green in the front so that pops. Right. Um, do it that way instead of, of using saturation. So. Oh, wow. That, I'm, I'm like just fascinated by in terms of like you're picking like three colors and these are the three and I'm going to, you know, blend them or however you, you know, you put them together or layer them. I mean, you said that's not very efficient. I mean, have you he heard of anyone in terms of like 500 layers? In order oh, to I, get to know, you know, I'm not alone out there being, being part of the 500 layer tribe. Um, well, yeah. You know what? You're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen some of those, like somebody put like an alignment chart together about, about people using Photoshop or CSP. Um, yeah. And I'm definitely in like that. Uh, I think I think I'm in like the chaotic neutral bubble where I just have 500 layers and they're all like layer one, layer two, layer three, layer four, on and on and on. Um, you know, I know people who have the have the absolute gall to do all of their flats on a single layer, no matter what the color is. But I don't I don't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it springs from. It's like my 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 kind of my entire genesis of doing this and my my process this whole time is that my. Um, I'm, I'm I'm not very good at this, uh, I, and and I I, I don't want to self-deprecate too much because I really am proud of the work that I do. Yeah. But like I I get to a point on, on all these things where it's like I don't want to get a big head, and I just tell myself it's okay. You're you're dumb, and <laughs> you know you're a hack. Um, but you got to figure out how to make a really great looking comic. Um, so how are you going to get that done? And and I just go to work, solve the problem. Um, right. And that's. I make comics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I think you're doing it great. I, I really love Mara Kiru, Destroy the Moon. Um, we're, we're real. I mean, I'm a real big fan of uh, self-deprecating humor on this, <laughs> this podcast. And I know, like, I think when Byron first started it and I said, oh, I'll do it. And I, you know, I, I think earlier on, I was like, no, nah, I'm just a dumb, dumb that likes comics. Like, I don't know anything. I'm just yep. asking questions, talking to people. Hopefully the folks that listen will find it entertaining. But um, yeah, so I, I, I get it. But, I try to check uh, myself on those things too, because I, I you know, I, I do see a lot of indie people who are very, very hard on themselves in, in a very real way. 
Um, and it, it, it upsets me occasionally because people, people are out there pouring their hearts out and, um, it's hard when, when, when you don't get the response that you want. And so it's like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to turn it into a joke, you know, because it's like, yeah. it, it, and on the one hand, like, yeah, you know, I'm, 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 I'm like you said, I'm a dumb, dumb, dumb who likes comics, but <laughs> I want to, I want to make sure that people are like, understand like, yeah, this is hard. And, and people who are doing this are, are really trying their best and they're really doing something that, that they just want to have it appreciated, you know? Right. Hey, yeah. That, I mean, that's one of the, the things I really like about, you know, the, about having the podcast about working for, you know, comic book Yeti, because I, I'm mm. not, you know, I, 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 um, it's hard work to yeah. make a comic. It's a, whether or not, you know, you're the writer, the artist, the colorist, mm -hmm. the letterer, or you're doing it all. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't like, I'm not out there. Didn't want to be somebody who's like uber critical of things like that was never yeah. my bag. I, I like to talk about stuff and I like to find something to appreciate in, um, in everything because yeah, I, I, that's why I, it, I think it's, it's one thing we all enjoy some type of entertainment. I think just mm -hmm. about like everybody yeah. does, but it's another thing to like cross that line into creating. And whenever you mm -hmm. decide to do that and put some piece of yourself out there into the world, even if critically, it's not very good. It, <laughs> it generally does take work to get to that point. And, and everybody you know. starts somewhere, everybody starts yeah. somewhere. And I, like I said, I've been doing this for 13 years now. And 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 y'all only know about three of them. So, <laughs> I mean, are you you're doing everything on this, right? Yes, uh, that's correct. In terms of Marukiru, wow. Yep, I do. I do. I do it all. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way, honestly. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm on a couple other books. Uh, is solely in an art role, and um, I have in an ongoing series called The World Ends in Fire. Um, with a writer named DC Horn for Zancon Entertainment, and uh, that's like my second biggest project going oh, cool. on right now and i've done a couple of anthologies with a couple other writers um insomniac's delights with uh alice quinn rose and then i'm in uh, fractured realms with a story by uh, alex garrick Wright, and then i'm in the amber door anthology from uh from frankie white and you know oh, those man. were all great experiences great writers great collaborators um but there's no, for for my money there's nothing that compares to, to to doing the whole thing yourself um it's it's a wholly different experience and as much as i love doing art for for other people's scripts um, you know, when I'm working on my own stuff, it's just like, it, 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 it flows. It's great. I love it. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, fellow cryptids now seems like a good time for a break. I'm always looking for a way to display my comics, but unfortunately I am not very handy or crafty as it were. Luckily I have come across crafty comics and they have a way for you to display your comics, even uh, comic books that are already slabbed, if that's your kind of thing. I recently got a flex frame, which has customizable backings and interchangeable border colors. I was able to put in a frame a comic book. It's Batman Elmer Fudd, uh, number one by Tom King and Lee Weeks. It's signed by both. It's one of my uh, favorite signed comics that I got at Baltimore Comic-Con. And I was able to figure it all out. It looks great in the frame. And I can't wait to get it up on the wall. It was super easy. And I have a slew of comic books now. And uh, much to my wife's chagrin, I think I'm going to create a wall of some of my favorite signed comic books. Um, and Crafty Comics was super easy to use. And I like that you can have a different border color along the background to kind of go along with the theme of the cover art. 
And yeah, it was a, it's great. And uh, I absolutely love it. So check it out. It's Crafty Comics, C-R-A-F-T-I-C-O-M-I-C-S.com. Use the discount code YETI5 and get 5% off your order. And now, back to the Cryptid Creator Corner. Yeah, and so you said you started off with uh, black and white comics for your, your college newspaper. Yes. So what got you into like art and comics uh, in particular? Like what, what made you even want to first start doing that when you were in college? It's a weird story. Um, you know, I, it's, it's, it's a weird story that I, I tell. And I, I always try to tell it with like that grain of salt of like, I've, I've grown a lot as a person since then. Um, because it, I feel I come off like kind of, I've come off like kind of a dick. Um, okay. Well, but, I mean, you're so, owning it though. <laughs> yeah. You know, it is what it is. I was in college. Um, and yeah, had, I mean, uh, I don't, we don't ever talk about my college experience on the podcast. <laughs> so that's for good so, reason. <laughs> I went, I went to UConn and the, the, the school paper at UConn is called the daily campus. And there was a comics page in the daily campus. And, and, um, you know, my friends and I, we would, we read it every day because it just, it gets in your hands and you read it. And, um, one of my favorite comics of all time, uh, which still updates today, it's called Phil. Uh, it started in the Daily Campus, and I started by hating it um, and thinking it was really stupid and um, making fun of it and being like, this is dumb. I could do this. Anybody could do this. Um, I, I was an idiot. The com- it's genius. It's, it's, it's an absolute. Um, I, I can't describe it. It's, I can describe it. You're, I feel like I'm afraid people aren't going to get it, but it is a comic, and I'm, I'm friends with the, with the author now. I'm actually doing a guest strip for it in the coming months. All right. Um, but it is a comic in which um, the the joke is that he draws these heads and he'll draw like the same head three times. And they have like these deadpan expressions on their faces and they just say like nonsense to each other. And the stories are all really mundane and, and dull um, and, and like <sighs> ridiculous, but it's so, it's so funny once you get into it. I can't really express how how much I think people should read Phil because once it won't take up much time of your day. It's a three panel strip that happens three times a week, um, and it's like once you're in on the joke, it's the funniest thing you'll ever read. Um, but anyways, I read this comic among others in the paper, and I was like, I can do that. Uh, so the editor of the page graduated, and they put out hiring for a new comics editor, and I was like, Well, I mean, I can I can do this. Uh, so I applied for the job and I got it because nobody else applied for it. I had no experience. So wait, wait, at that time, at that time you were, I mean, you had like art experience, like nope. just stuff. Nope. Nope. nope like nope, you nope. never drew, like not even like mm-hmm. as a kid, like, no. you just, well, I mean, I mean, as a kid, sure. But like, but it, like it's, into high school, you weren't. No. No. And the reason for that, and, and this is something that I'm, I try not to be bitter about this, but. When people ask when people talk to me about like like drawing and things, and they'll talk about like, oh, you're going, to, I, oh, you're so talented is something that I, I always correct people when they tell me that. I said, no, I'm not. I, I worked really, really hard, and I practiced for a long time, and talent had nothing to do with it because I was terrible <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, I, I never pursued art because I wasn't immediately good at it, and my teachers didn't encourage me to to to, to work on it, and there were kids who did draw better than me and did get attention for it and did get praise for it and did, you know, they were the artists and I was good at other stuff. So it was like, well, this is just not your talent. This is, you got, there's nothing for you here. So I ignored it. Um, and it wasn't until I was the editor of this page and you got paid $5 for every time they published one of your strips. 
So I'm like, well, I would be stupid not to publish my own comic strip. So I'm like, I can do this. Um, I, I was actually at the time working with a friend of mine who was an artist and I was writing little scripts to do um, strips. And so what, we had that one going on. I was like, but I'm just going to double dip. And I'm like, I'm going to get my own in there too. Um, and I was starting to, I, I was in college of, of, as an English major. And my goal was I was going to be a novelist. Okay. That didn't work out. Um, turns out I don't enjoy writing as much as I told everybody that I did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, and so, I, I bet you would also uh, not not be alone in that in that club, like <laughs> yeah. the 500 layer club. I'm, I'm sure there's a oh, lot yeah. of uh, English um, majors who uh, went in wanting to be novelists. So I'm friends you know, with several of them. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, like a lot of writers, um, I, I just said, well, I, I still want to I still want to write. But yeah. clearly novels is not it. But I'm, I'm starting to get into comics. And it's like, maybe it's comics. And so I wrote some comic scripts and I had some friends who were artists and I tried to bully them into drawing my, my scripts. Um, and they agreed to do it at first because I wouldn't take no for an answer. And um, they eventually all dropped out, uh, rightfully so, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because sure. I wasn't a lot of fun to work with. Right. Um, and so at that point, I'm saying to myself, well, I can I can do this myself. How hard could it be? It's very hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's very tough. It's very hard. It's very hard. Very tough. But I, I did. I draw. I drew this strip for the paper because I was the editor and I got to decide what went on the page, and it didn't look very good. But I put it in there anyways, um, and I collected my five dollars. And then after college, I you know, like I said, I decided to keep it going. But um, I trying to ex remember exactly what. I mean, it, it's a very long and gradual process. The transition from doing like the gag -a day stuff to wanting to do more story based things. Um, to eventually deciding to do like a, a big long story, like I'm doing with Mark Hero, and um, right. you know, a lot of false starts with a lot of other projects. And the thing I always got hung up on was I was very um, concerned about you know the, the rules, um, quote unquote, uh, of what what needed to be in a comic. And um, so I, I I fell into this really bad pattern where it was like I would have an idea that I wanted to do, and it's like okay, well that's the end goal, that's what we're going to do when I get to when I get to the point of the comic, that's cool. But first I have to lay all the boring groundwork that I don't like. Uh, and so I had, a, I had a com couple of comics where I was just like, I'm trying to get all this stuff started and pages and pages and pages of stuff that I was not really interested in actually making. Um, and as a result, it, it like had to be in there. Is yeah. that what you mean? Like, okay. I, I don't even, I don't even know why, honestly, <laughs> I really don't. I, it sounds so ridiculous going back to thinking about it, but it's like right. my, my other thing with, with Mario Kiro is it's like, if I don't feel like doing it, I don't do it. Um, I only make stuff that I'm excited about now and it's worked out great. I'm even talking about work for higher projects. I've, I've, I've had jobs that I've been pitched and, and it just doesn't sound like a great fit to me. And I said, okay, no, nah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not really into that. Um, and I'll suggest maybe some other, my, you know, peers that I know who might be a good fit. I'm not, right. a, I'm not a big superhero guy. Um, you know, that's just not my, my genre. Um, and so a lot of times with superhero comics, I've been offered a couple and, and it's just like, yeah, you know, I, I would do it um, as a colorist, I think, mm -hmm. um, because, you know, the line works already there. And then I'm just popping the colors on and, and, and bringing that to life. And I enjoy doing that. Um, but like drawing it from from start to finish on that, it's just not not my bag. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a fantasy guy. This is what I've discovered. It's like I'm, I'm, I, I love doing fantasy um, sci-fi as well. Mario Cure's got a little bit of both. Sure. Um, Rolled Ends and Fire's got a little bit of both, too. But you know, I drew a, I draw a lot of Metroid fan art. Um, I 
got a lot of great practice drawing Metroid fan art. Uh, so I am very thankful to the Metroid art community uh, <laughs> for being supportive of me in, in kind of those early going years. Um, but it's, uh, I, I, I look for jobs like that, you know, um, for, for fantasy sci-fi stuff, any chance to draw like robots or swords mm-hmm. or both at the same time um, is, is great for me. And um, there's a lot of people out there that are writing comics like that, which is cool. Um, I recently got into horror, which is um, I'm, I'm a big horror fan. Um, I wasn't sure it was something I'd ever actually be able to draw, but I did two recently um, with Alice Quinn Rose and with uh, Alex Garrick Wright. Um, uh, two folks from across the pond who have very similar names <laughs> paced yeah. out like that. Yeah, because um, Fractured Realm, that's the, the Limit Break anthology that's coming is. out, right? That's yep. the North, Norse, North, yes. Norse mythology and horror. Yeah, so we, we Alex wrote a story for that called The Doom That Came to Midgard, um, which is a, a cosmic horror story about Ragnarok. Awesome. <clears throat> Excuse me, Ragnarok. Um, and so that was, that's one of those things where it's like, I, I you're going to have to see it to believe it. It's really cool. <laughs> but... He did a great job writing that, and I was I was really proud to be a part of it. So I'm looking forward to that anthology in whole because I think there's going to be a lot of great stuff in there. But yeah, um, yeah horror's the thing I do now. It's 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 fun, you know. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so it, when you're out of college and you start thinking about the stories you want to tell, like I mean, in mm. that time period, were you were you a fan of comics? Were like you like you reading like other comics, or is it were you just more interested in? storytelling or writing and trying to figure out where you fit in, in the writing community. I read a lot of web comics. Um, okay. We were, we were, that was a thing that I started reading in high school really was, was web comics. You know, all, all of the, all of the, um, you know, this is, this is late noughties here. So like all the famous gamer web comics, okay. stuff, I was, I was, I was daily following all of them. Um, so that was probably what, what, what kicked me off, honestly. Um, and if you want to go really way, way back, like my childhood we used to read the sunday you know the sunday comics the weekly comics the daily comics in the paper every day yeah um so sure. th- there's there's that that plays into it too i'm sure but oh cool if we're talking into you know terms of of me being more of a fully formed brain um the yeah so there was that in high school and then i started getting into print comics um kind of in college and and, and after that and hellboy um was something that i i went way in on um because i used to read batman i like batman um but even back then, I was like superheroes were not. Um, it, I could I could just tell that I wasn't as excited about it as everyone else was. Sure. Even when I was excited about it, I wasn't as excited about it as everyone else was. Right. And Hellboy was like Hellboy was different um, because Hellboy is ostensibly a superhero. Um, yeah. But it's a very different kind of thing, and it's weird oh, sure. horror. And it's adventure, uh, and there's a lot of fantasy in it, and demons, and all kinds of stuff. And it was just like that was a that was a, an awakening for me. Um, and so, you know, Hellboy, I just I I, I own every Hellboy comic uh, in the main line, I'm, and some of the ones outside the main line. But as far as I'm concerned, Seed of Destruction up through um, in Hell is the real Hellboy. Um, if you're going to be a purist about it, uh, which I am, <laughs> um, <laughs> but. That was that was uh, you know, uh, that was really what got me started, like seriously thinking about, like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Right. Um, so I was on another podcast recently where I talked about how you know, when I started drawing art, I was like, I'm saying I'm gonna I'm gonna be just like Mike McNola, and that didn't pan out for me, obviously. Um, there's but, still time. There's yeah, still time. Yeah, but no, even I love Mike McNola's style, and I think it's you know it's fantastic. 
And I think if I share one thing in common with Mike Magnola's style, it's that I, I'm I'm unique. Um, but I wanted to do like that, like the heavy blacks that he does, and, and oh, yeah. the really stark stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's just it it doesn't jive with the way that I draw. So um, you know, I I I I went in a different direction. I don't regret it. Um, I'm really happy with the things that I make now. Um, but like back in that early stage, I'm like, how do I do this? Right. Um, you know, it's it's just awesome. <laughs> Yes. And so with, um, you know, what make getting into and like making more Kiru and like mm -hmm. doing, you know, other things and, and moving on to like other projects, um, mm. kind of, um, where do you see like yourself like going in terms of like the types of comics you want to make? Are you going to stick fantasy and, and sci-fi or you, do you think you'll continue to get into horror now that you've had a little taste of it? Uh, I'll do a little bit, you know, I'll do a little bit more horror if it came across my desk. Um, yeah. you know, fantasy sci-fi is still where I want to stay. And, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a robot, I had a robotish comic potential, um, come across my, 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 my inbox recently. Okay. That would be really cool to work on. Um, I can't really say anything about it because it's not real yet, but, um, right. it would be cool. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but no, I, I want to. You know, I want I want to I want to get myself out there um, as much as possible, and you know, work work with writers and 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 make cool comics. Mario Kira is going to be my my thing. I'm going to keep it going as long as it feels natural to do so. Right. Um. I don't know what's next after that, and I haven't thought that far ahead. I'm sure I'll come up with the idea when I get there. Um. But yeah, you know, if it's if it's big bombastic action, um, count me in. Uh, that's 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 where I want to be. So, is there a plan in terms of like? Marukiru, like, is there? Do you outline? Is there like an end in sight, or you're just like, I'm just going to tell this story as you know, as well, long as I want to tell it, as long as I'm interested in it. Her her ultimate goal is to blow up the moon. So there's right. really only one of two ways to come <laughs> in. Um, getting there, you know, I, I I have um, I have it outlined pretty much up through the end of volume three. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, volume two, I'm finishing up writing now. It'll probably be in, in print uh, at the beginning of next year. Uh, it'll be on global comics, um, you know, by November. Oh, nice. Uh, and that'll be the end of volume two. And then I've got a, I've got a pretty wild plan for volume three, um, which is to do two 50 page issues. Um, and cause I do a lot of shorter chapters with, um, with, with I've done so far. Yeah. Um, and I've decided that. Uh, you know, there's enough of a library available now for Mario Kiro that I can afford to step back and really let myself go nuts um, on a on a nice big chunky long form issue. Um, I don't have to worry about updating every week or every day or every month. People know people know that I'm out there and I've got enough that I can, right. I can still bring in new readers and have plenty for plenty right. for them to read. So my plan to, for, for Volume Three is to do two really 50 page minimum issues on that. And that'll be Volume Three, and then after that. I'm not a hundred percent sure where the story goes. I'm not a hundred percent sure what happens in volume three. I've got, a, I'm probably 75% sure of what happens in volume three. Okay. I know where it ends at least. Right. Um, you know, in, in getting there, well, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll change a lot of things along the way. Um, awesome. after that, I don't know what's next. Um, but we'll, fi we'll figure it out. Right. You know, <laughs> Do you, are you, um, you know, the, the type that, uh, goes to a lot of cons, like goes to conventions. Have you like, check I'd that like, out yet i'd like to be um i haven't been you know I, I got i got really heavy into this stuff right at the height of the coronavirus pandemic yeah um, so it just was not as a socially anxious person who um has has 
I've been an introvert for, for all of his life. It was literally the worst time um, to try to get into the con scene. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah I, I can imagine. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm, there's, a, there's a local comic book store in my um, area that is opening a new location in two weeks, um, like 20 minutes from my house. And I will be appearing there with these fine things that you see behind me. Oh, nice. Um, and it'll be my very first live appearance. Um, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to get my feet wet. Well, that's fantastic. All right. uh, and then I'm, I've got, I've got a couple of friends who are also trying to get into this as well. Um, and they have connections to like family in Rhode Island. So they're like, Oh, what about Rhode Island comic? Con? So we looked up the Rhode Island comic con. And we're like, Oh, it's not until November. Let's sign up. Uh, they are completely sold out of, of tables. Already. Oh, wow. So, um, but, but, you know, we'll find some things to do. Um, I live in Connecticut. Yeah, uh, yeah. So K- Kineticon just happened. Terrificons yeah, Terrificons, the, that's the big one, right? Missed Terrificon. the boat on those, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but next year, you know, so yeah, I do want to get out there. I do want to start doing it. Oh, cool. Um, if, if, if the, if it's, if it's monetarily viable, I would like to, to, to do some road trips um, and, you know, hit some of the, the cooler shows around the country or maybe in Canada. Um, so yeah, definitely would, would, would like to do that at some point. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 that's probably honestly as a, as a comic creator, that's really been my greatest hill to climb is going out into public. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, you, you go to any convention as a fan and, Mm. you know, you go down artist alley and, you know, folks are out there trying to pitch you their stuff and you know for anyone who's introverted or socially anxious of you know which um i don't think anyone would ever describe me as introverted but i have i, I, I certainly struggle <laughs> i struggle with social anxiety and sure my wife is like no you don't i'm like that's because i'm really good at <laughs> faking it <laughs> for like Fake it that, every day of my life yes that's why when we get home i'm so tired mm-hmm. <laughs> because yes. it is exhausting you're um, talking my language yeah but no, I, yeah I but it. i you know um this year will be the first year i'm going to bald i've been to baltimore comic-con a couple of times this is you know as a fan and this will be the first yeah. my brother and i go and this will this will be the first year i go as like official comic book yeti press so oh, that's um, awesome I'm, I'm looking forward to that that's i really like exciting. baltimore it's a fun it's a fun show that's that's um, really great yeah so um you know, I wanted to get back to something you had said earlier in terms sure. of like tape, like tabletop RPG, like those yeah. types of things. Like what type of stuff did you like or were you into that you started to, you know, kind of first formulate the world that became a Marukiru? I had a really active D&D slash Pathfinder slash um, Savage Worlds. Was that the system? It's our, our third system. We didn't play it as much. I think it was called okay. Savage Worlds. Um, but anyways, a really active tabletop group that I was in around around college time. Um, and we would play every week. And we played so frequently that we had to cycle the DM chair um, pretty constantly. Oh, wow. So people would people would get burned out on campaigns very quickly. So it's like we had a, we had a hot seat uh, in the game master's chair. So it's like everybody kind of always had to have their game idea in the back of their head. Um, and that was when I first started to think about things that would eventually end up in the comic. That is the point at which I came up with the name Manotatus for the bad guy. Okay. Um, that's in the comic. So uh, <laughs> that was that was probably the first earliest thing that made it into the comic. Uh, that and the 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 
kind of the importance of the moon, um, which I originally got rid of and then I brought back and, and, and now it's like, I, I don't know how I ever did without it, but, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of when I started thinking about things that would eventually end up in the and stuff with like the, 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 the ancient history of Tulth and the stuff with the sorcerer Kings and, right. and, and all that, that has barely been touched on in the comic is stuff that I wrote out as a big, uh, campaign at one point so i've got a lot of material that i can fall back on if i ever need to explore that that thousand year ago um super war <laughs> getting to cycle through a game like that where you get to be a player and also mm-hmm. you know the dm or you know um what do you think helped out in terms of your storytelling more being a player and like working with the other folks that were playing or kind of directing things as the dm um it depends uh being a player honestly i think probably is the time when i've just felt more comfortable when i'm when i'm when i'm in the game master's chair i'm better at it now unfortunately because i don't play that much anymore um but the you know i'm more comfortable with 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 flying by the seat of my pants and making things up on the go Mm -hmm. Uh, back then i was very regimented and so when when the players didn't want to do what i wanted them to do very frustrating to me um, <laughs> i was a certain personality type back there you can piece yeah. together the kind of person i was from the, the yeah, bad no, stories i tell about myself i'm getting um, it <laughs> yeah. but i've mellowed out a lot since then um but uh you know as a player you get to have you get to have more fun in my opinion um it might not be the same now um now that i i, I just have relaxed a little bit in the way that i, I run things but right um yeah, you know, and, and being a character in somebody else's world and getting to play with the with the toys that they set up for you is a lot of fun, and you can learn a lot about yourself as as a writer in the way that you you interact with things um, when you don't necessarily have total control over what's going on, and you get to, to learn to roll with the punches a little bit better um, when things don't. You know, you got to play a bad die roll or something like that. Um, you know, it, it's the probably the most fun I ever had in a game was a time when we actually played a game with two dungeon masters and i was oh. one of, i was one of two okay and tell the group, me the group was very large at that point it was seven people and so we, we it was a little bit of bloat um so we had two game masters and we kind of split duties on storytelling and rules lawyering so um i told the story and then uh the guy who was my my co DM uh, had like had a whiteboard and he kept track of all the turn orders and he kept track of all of the things that, that everybody was doing and the hit point totals and blah 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 and just really kept a, a, a tight rein on that. Um, and we would share duties a little bit on, on on each of those things, but the point was is that one of us was focusing on telling the story and the other was focusing on the nitty gritty of it. Okay, and we had such a great time. Um, and it was probably the most rules conscious game we've ever played, which I think might chafe a lot of people because I know that people are very um, lax on things these days. But, um, you know, we we loved um, the the grid map and movement values. And we had an actual session that was a, a legitimate dungeon crawl where everybody took their turn and they moved the amount of squares that they were allowed to move and they took an action. And then it was the next person's turn. And with a group that size, it felt like it was the only way to keep things going. And right. not have everybody just dispersed to the snack table. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, we can't we can't all be Matt Mercer, you know. <laughs> we, gotta, we don't all have a cast of benevolent voice actors who want to <laughs> act out our game for us. That's true. Um, so it, but honestly, it was the best time that that it was one, it's a memorable game. 
that we mm-hmm. still talk about to this day, you know, 15 years later. Oh, um, wow. And it was, uh, they went into a pyramid and they fought a mummy and the entire party got mummy rot and half of them died. And it was still an enjoyable experience for everyone. And I think that's that that's, that's just great because when you kill half the party and they're still like, that was a great game. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you did something right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I played uh, the past. I never played when I was younger. I, I played the past few years mm-hmm. uh, with a group and um, we haven't gotten to play much recently the past year, but um, we had a pretty good run. We started in July of 2017. And yeah, I think the two most memorable games, one of them is like almost everybody died. Nobody did die, but mm-hmm. almost everybody did. I think my my character was the only character that still had a decent amount of hit points left. And uh, just just we just got almost got like wiped out we were playing for like hours and just like no what let's not stop now let's just keep going keep going and it just the dm had like a plan and just uh absolutely wrecked us Uh, but it was (laughs) it was so it was just like so much fun because we didn't know if this was going to be it we're like yeah this this might be it we might be rolling rolling for new characters after this one but yeah i i love playing and i feel like it's helped me a lot in terms Mm. of um you know writing uh, because it's the past, I don't know, six years now. Um, you know, you, I have my viewpoint of how I see things, but when I'm like coming up with a story, you know, I have a tendency to think about the other ways that the folks we played with and, and that I told stories with in D and D would try and like write their way out of it. So mm-hmm. I, I try and take on a little bit of that, like other perspective and, and try and see the way see the world the way the other players did in terms of how we crafted stories at D&D to try and think myself out of not doing something predictable. Yeah, that's something that, that kind of is, is making it into the comic. And, you know, comics are such a slow-moving medium. Um, it's like I, I have things that I want to do that are still, you know, months and years away. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, Mara Kira is a very simple character. And um, her her initial reaction to most conflict is to hit it as hard as she can and, until it dies well she's very good at that yes um, <laughs> but it but it begs the question of what's going to happen when when that doesn't work um and so you know we we haven't we haven't quite reached that point yet okay uh, or maybe we have i don't know read the comic <laughs> um but you know it's it's it i think i i love um brute characters and marker is definitely definitely a brute character and um, you know, she's got, you know, like Yaga, who's the kind of the brains and the, the snarky character. And there's a new character that's just introduced named Banza, who's um yeah, uh kind of a you know, a little bit more uh, street smart and and um and 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 wise and um you know worldly and is cunning, um, you know, as as opposed to kind of just the the, the brute force. Um and so she's got these these people to kind of back her up and and, and bolster her 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 failings. Um, but of course she's very prideful as well uh, and doesn't necessarily like to admit that. Um, but she always, like I said, she always, you know, hit it, hit it hard, hit it hard again. Um, and, and, and cut through your problems. Um, and, you know, in a world like this, it actually starts with the very first chapter. Um, the, the very, I'll spoil the very first chapter of my comic that you should, that you all at home should read. But um, the comic begins with Maru confronting this evil uh, Archpriest Manitatus, who is the most powerful living wizard on Tulth. Um, and she runs him through with her sword 
and then he laughs at her and throws her off a mountain um, because it doesn't kill him. Uh, so it's like that's that's the first thing that happens in the comic, and it's like we should, okay, had this plan. I'm going to run up the top of this mountain, stab this guy with a sword, and and that's going to be the end of it. Um, and and that didn't work. So now we have to kind of pick up from there, and and like where do we go from here? What do we do? Um, and that's where Yaga comes in with kind of the plan of like, all right, let's let's figure this out together, and we'll we'll come up with a way to achieve your goal. Right. Um. But she's uh, a lot. She's got a lot of growing to do. Um. And the comic yeah. is is going to be very long, so it might take a while. <laughs> hey, that's fine by me. Mm. Um. But yeah, I uh I I can't recommend it enough. I just it it you'll get right into it, and I think. Uh, listeners at home if you haven't checked it out yet you can go on global comics and i i put links in like the notes oh, great. Um, you know Thank for you. the show so it'll be a link to your website and you mm-hmm. can go to the uh, to brendan's website go on to global comics um you can check it out and i think you can you can buy a copy of it as well right you can yeah so if you want yeah. to, if you want to support me you can buy a copy of volume one which is the first five chapters and then that interlude story that you love um that is going to get a follow-up now i am going to do that um, but the, uh, you know, so if you want to support, that's a great way to do it. There will be a second volume coming out. Um, but on global comics, you can read the whole thing um, for free because I think that's really important. Um, when I got into comics, the comics that I got into were the ones that were available online for free. Um, and so I think it's really important to just let people have access to that and, um, you know, kind of re- rely on people's good graces. If they want to support the book, please support the book. But, um, you know, I, I, don't want money to be a thing that keeps people from getting to share this with me. So um, please go out and read it and uh, do it guilt-free. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, definitely. There's no reason not to, there's no mm. reason not to. And I mean, if you, if you're a fan of web comics, I think you'll, you'll see something familiar in there that a lot of web comics have. Uh, but if you're, especially if you're a fan of like the fantasy genre, if you like, warrior ladies with big swords this is like right up your alley this is for you <laughs> this is the comic you found it <laughs> yeah um maru kiru destroy the moon um but yeah brendan this has been fantastic thank you so much for coming on the podcast hey i really appreciate you having me i'm a big fan of comic book yeti and i'm a big fan of you so um i was just great to be able to to get in here and talk to you about this so i appreciate you having me on yeah no i mean um you know, uh, yeah, I, it, this has been wonderful. And, um, you know, I hope I hopefully think I think this episode will come out after you've uh, gone to your local uh, your local comic shop. So oh, I hope well, I hope that right. goes well. I <laughs> hope that you. goes well. Uh, and I hope folks uh, go and read Maru Kiru, Destroy the Moon. And um, yeah, uh, c- come back, please. Absolutely. Come back on and we'll talk 100%. about 100 <laughs> percent. We'll, we'll, uh... Maybe I'll get into some of my uh, college stories and then. Oh, the listener please. count will really drop. We can, we, <laughs> <laughs> we can have an episode where I don't spend the entire time explaining to people that I was a dick. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that yeah. for myself. That will be talk a turnabout fair play. No, I look, I'll look I forward to it. Definitely, um, definitely. Although, yeah, all the, I'll get into some of my college stories, which some are very silly. Not all of them are are, are terrible, but uh, yeah, I – I got fired happened in college. Yeah. I got fired from be, from the, the theater staff at my college and Ooh. it's the most ridiculous. My buddy and I, my buddy, John and I got both got fired and nice. it's, uh, we got rehired later. Oh, but, um, it well, was now, the, now you've really piqued my interest. Yeah. It's the most, <laughs> we, it was the most ridiculous reason. I don't, um, 
It was a very silly reason, but uh, I, I guess I well I I, I guess I'll I'll, I'll say because it's just so ridiculous. Okay, we were told okay. not to do something, and we mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. We had pet mice that we had kept in the theater office, mm-hmm. and we got we made them little parachutes, and we parachuted off of the roof <laughs> of the theater, and they landed. They survived, okay. but we were told not to do it, and we were fired for parachuting. <laughs> we made them little parachutes. <laughs> And it had like a little platform, yeah, and and they they were fine. You're right. No mice died, but we were fired for That's about like two weeks, and then we were hired back because nobody a, else would do it. Yeah, so, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, that's how I got my job at the paper. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just one of the silly ones. There are there are a lot of other ones, but we'll we'll get into it. All right, <laughs> all right, Brenda. Thank you so much. Everyone, go read Maru Kiru, Destroy the Moon, please, please. Um, all right, so I've been, uh, what's my name? Jimmy Gasparro for Comic Book Yeti. And uh, uh, shout out to my brother, Bobby, uh, the Cryptic Creator Corner's number one most dedicated listener. Hi, Bobby. And uh, I'll see everybody next time. Thanks for listening. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg, but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Meta Human Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. 